Hello, hello, welcome to Chowderhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics, Super Bowl champion Patriots. We've got it all here in New England, and it's a pretty good time to be a sports fan. You've got the Celtics, you know, primed to make a you know strong postseason push. You've got the Bruins battling every single night to get a playoff spot. You've got the Celtics. I mean, I said Celtics. You've got the you've got the Patriots, right? They just came off Super Bowl, uh, an unbelievable Super Bowl win, but they're making a big splash in free agency. And you've also got the Red Sox back to playing baseball at Fenway Park. So right now, there's no complaints. I mean, it's kind of rainy here. It's been rainy. Um, weather uh, aside, though, I think Boston's a pretty buzzing time. So I'm excited to see you know where this all takes us. And I know warmer weather's on the way, but it kind of sucks when it's cold and raining and snowing and you're in April already. But, well, April you expect to get rain, but snow, not really. Anyways, all right, that's totally not. This is Chowderhead Sports, not Chowderhead's weather. If you guys want Chowderhead's weather, let me know. I'll be a meteorologist. Just kidding. But anyways, um, let's just start off with breaking news. It's not really related to you know any of the Boston sports teams necessarily. But there's two big pieces. Number one is the NHL declared that they will not have their players perform in the 2018 Winter Olympics. And a lot of players and people, hockey fans, including myself in general, are not happy with this decision because I understand. Like, it's the whole debate of, you know, should professional athletes you know, be allowed in the Olympics and whatnot. Honestly, I think, yes, it in, A, it enhances the experience uh, of the viewer, um, and B, it allows for, you know, players, countries to get noticed, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, America's going to kick ass. And a lot of times, especially in hockey, that's not the case. There's a lot of good Canada. So, like, hockey is the one sport where I feel like the talent is spread out throughout the league. Russia's got a unbelievable team. Unbelievable hockey team. Canada is just armed to the teeth with, you know, on all, on all lines. They've got so many good players. Even Sweden and Finland, like, those aren't, you know, in, in those, you know, the country's all in more northern Europe. Like, that's... There's a lot of talent there. Obviously, the United States has a good team. And so, obviously, like England and France might not really be great. But even Sweden has a decent team. Switzerland is all right. But, you know, there's, there's a good... Dis, like, the, the wealth of talent is dispersed fairly evenly throughout, you know, the world. Maybe not in basketball, where you've got a majority of players, you know, playing for the United States... And it's kind of just like everyone else, every other, you know, country is playing to see who's second place. Granted, you know, that is okay. Baseball, even in the World Baseball Classic, I know the U.S. won, but, I mean, the Netherlands looked really, really poised uh, to, to beat us. Same with the Puerto Rican team. Mexico's decent. Um, you've always got, like, Cuba, the Dominican uh, Japan's always good. So there's a lot of talent spread out in baseball too. So as far as letting, I think they should let baseball back into the Olympics. Uh, you know, that's a conversation for another day, but hockey, you know, the players, I think they should play for their country. It's a chance to represent their home 
Um, a lot of players come from overseas to play in the National Hockey League, and you know it's not fair if some kid over in Russia, um, or you know some kid up in Canada. Well, Canada's a little different, but some kid in Russia or some kid in Sweden never gets to see like Henrik Lundqvist play for Sweden. Henrik Lundqvist's favorite player. He's from Sweden. Maybe he's from the kid's hometown. You don't know. And the kid wants to see his idol play, and you know he might not get a chance to because they won't let them play for the national team. Now, granted, I know the Olympics doesn't take place in everyone's hometown, but I still think excluding them from any sort of international play is wrong. I mean, soccer, every, I love watching soccer international, you know, whether it's the World Cup or the Olympics, but obviously everyone cares about the World Cup more. But there's literally like inter, international league breaks that in the season. They'll say, all right, this is the week that everyone's going off to play for their home country. Um, so there's no, you know, like games being scheduled. I don't know. I think they can do, I think the NHL needs to step up and, and embrace that there's more than just the NHL and that, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, hockey is such a staple, um, sport in the winter Olympics. You know, you've had the miracle on ice, you've had great battles between countries and it's, it's something that I think the fans are really losing out on if they don't get to see, you know, these NHL stars play for their home team. So anyways, that was the big news. And the other is Tony Romo. Yes, the Tony Romo quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is walking away from football to join CBS and be a broadcaster for, I know, football and possibly even golf. He's a big golfer. Um, my seventh grade math teacher always used to boast about how she played golf with Tony Romo. Ooh, big hot shot. Um, anyways, yes, but there's those two pieces of news but the Tony Romo thing there's there's not much for me to say because I don't know how healthy Tony Romo really is I know a lot of his name was kicked around a lot of going to like the Broncos or the Texans to compete for a championship um and you know he's obviously he's the butt end of everyone's jokes he gets injured all the time he was injured in the preseason this year you know he was injured last year it's it's really you know, it it comes down to if he's healthy or not. I think this decision was made based off of his health. I think Tony Romo's a great competitor. I've got a lot of respect for him. Sure, I like to make fun of all the gags that he's had throughout his playoff career um, and his injuries and whatnot, but I do respect him as a player. I think he is one of the game's better quarterbacks or former quarterbacks, and it'll be sad to see him go. You know, obviously with Dak Prescott, the Cowboys will be just fine, but I really do think the game is losing one of the premier quarterbacks. And, you know, there's not much that I can say about it. I'm not a diehard Cowboys fan, so I'm not, like, heartbroken over it. But it's sad that you won't be able to, uh, you know, there's just one less talented quarterback that you're going to be able to watch in the uh, NFL because, let's face it, the quarterback position right now, there's a lot of mediocrity. Um, and he is someone that would stand above that. So, listen, Tony, you've had a great career. Um, like I said, got a lot of respect. I'm just, I'm just glad I don't, he's, if you guys don't know, he's joining CBS, like I said, and he's taking over Phil Simms, like, position, so he's just calling the games with Jim Nance, and that makes me happy, because I don't have to hear Phil Simms' dumb voice, I can't stand that guy, he, oh my, it's, it's so bad, I feel like, you know, it might be a little audacious of me to say this, but I feel like I could call a football game like a million times better than Phil Simms. Someone who's never even watched football could call a game better than Phil Simms because Phil Simms is just, 
oh man, I don't even know. He's just brutal to watch, or at least listen to, not really watch. Although he's not that good looking either. Um, anyways, yeah, so listen, you know, Tony Romo, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I'm a little disappointed. Even if I'm a Houston Texans fan, I'm a little disappointed because, face it, if either of those teams have a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, just a good quarterback, they'd be contenders. You know, Dallas didn't need him, and they were going to trade him slash release him. But I think those two teams, I could easily see him. Listen, if he goes to the Broncos, he's throwing to Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. You know, he's got a stellar defense with um, Von Miller, the no-fly zone, um, Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr. You know, there's talent on that roster. They just won the Super Bowl you know, a year ago, two years ago, I don't know, however you really want to count that. You know, they won Super Bowl 50, and, you know, they were poised to make another run, except Trevor Simeon is trash, and they don't really have anyone else at the quarterback position. But you put Tony Romo there, you know, John Elway would be able to work with him. I think, um, you know, that that team is it's right there. I think they were like 9-7 and seven last year and just miss the playoffs. Listen, I don't like the Broncos. Don't get me wrong. I hate the Broncos. But just for a pure, non-team-biased, football-loving individual, I would look at this and say him, you know, Romo going to the Broncos is an opportunity to, you know, add another contender or even Texas. You know, listen, the Rangers, Jesus, that's baseball. Uh, Even the Texans. Listen, Houston just traded away the worst quarterback in the NFL and Brock Osweiler. So automatically their team's improved, but adding Tony Romo would improve you even more at the quarterback position. You've got DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. You know, obviously we know all of the defensive studs on that team. Um, they've got Lamar Miller in the backfield. You know, there's a, there's a poised, uh, poised offense and a, and a great attack there. I've used poised a lot so far in this podcast. Poised, it's a good word. Um, I don't totally random train of thought. Anyways, so they would they would be a better team, especially in a weak AFC South. Plus, think about like the Andrew Luck slash um, Tony Romo, you know, matchups you could have, or just the fact that Tony's still in Texas, but he's with a different team. He's in Houston now. Like there was just so many big headlines that could have gone with that, um, and it would have made it interesting for you know the AFC because I think either of those teams would have improved greatly with Tony as their quarterback. But alas, he is joining CBS. Um, best of luck to you. You know, it's really hard to be worse than Phil Sim, So I'm going to take it as you're an upgrade there. And, you know, that's pretty much it for the non-Boston related breaking news. So we're going to push that aside. And now we're going to jump right in. Let's jump right in. Opening day, baby. What a good game that was. Not really. All right. Listen, you know, opening day is never... Um, about the actual game. I think it's like the game that's actually played. It's more of just the excitement of baseball coming back. They had the Patriots um, out on the field to celebrate their Super Bowl win. Brady had his jersey that was stolen, and then he brought it out and was showing it to the crowd, and Gronk took it from him, and Brady tackled him to the ground. It was just a funny moment. Um, they had all the Lombardis out there. were totally dazzling. You know, they, they dropped the big flag from the Green Monster. Um, fun fact... One time, I was actually able to step on Fenway Park and be a person at the bottom 
who catches the flag from dropped from the monster. That was a really cool experience for me to be on the field when they did the opening, um, when they before the game started and they did the ceremony. That was cool. Anyways, totally unrelated. It's just you know the MLB season's buzzing. Everyone's in a Red Sox hat and a shirt. It's just a fun time. The game itself. Listen, players are gonna be rusty. You know, no one. The only person who really, really dazzled me was Andrew Benatendi, and that's because he launched a 386-foot home run uh, as a rookie, age 22, in opening day. You know, that's pretty impressive. But, you know, Mitch Moreland didn't have a great debut. Um, you know, there was a couple of throws that he didn't dig out. One, listen, the Panda one, uh, you know, the one that Pablo Sandoval threw, wasn't terrible. But, you know, as a, as a gold glove first baseman, you got to have that. The one that Xander threw, that's a must catch no matter who you are. You could be a stiff at first base. You got to catch that. It was a great play by Xander on the dig. Anyways, um, you know, but, you know, Mitch Moreland didn't play great. Um, you know, Jackie Bradley had a nice catch at the wall. But, you know, other than that, he had a triple. So he had a good game. I'll give him that. He had a good game. Um, Porcillo. Yeah, he was pitching well up until like the sixth inning, and then he kind of fell apart, or seventh, I forget when, which inning it was, but, you know, he ended up letting up three runs. Craig Kimbrell almost, um, you know, he, there was a moonshot that just hit the wall, didn't have enough, but, you know, he let up, um, he let some guys get on base. It just wasn't a great performance um, by everyone you know, Panda coming back to Boston, you know, he had a, he had a decent hit. I mean, he, he ran. So I guess we're going to congratulate him for running, you know, just cause he's so large. Um, but the game itself was good. Red Sox won five to three. You know, I expect more as the season goes on, obviously first game, I was excited. I was, uh, you know, caught up in it, but when you actually, you know, go back and rewatch the game, it's not really an exciting. We scored five runs, all of it in the same inning. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, the next half inning, um, Pittsburgh scores all their runs, and then that's pretty much it. So you you could have watched the whole game in, like, two innings. So, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. That's kind of how baseball is. But I was very excited for the Red Sox to get in the win column. Very excited to see, um, you know, just Fenway Park again, you know, filled with fans. And, you know, to me baseball as i said so many times it's one of my favorite sports probably my most favorite sport uh, especially to go witness live um i love going to fenway park more than gillette in the garden um fenway park is just a very special place to me but i i want more out of everybody pretty much like i said ben attendee and jackie bradley those two sure all right awesome you two win the day but sandy leone had a nice pickoff um, any nice bunt, but you know at the same time, still want to see more offense out of him. That bunt, listen, he's getting thrown out like five or like six times out of ten. You know that's that's an out. You know so take a bunt for what it is. It's not a hit. It's a bunt. Um, so other than that, you know Jerry Remley was obsessed with the bunt. Oh, what a great bunt! Did you see that bunt? That bunt was a really great play. I mean, come on, really, Jerry? You know, hop off. Um, and I like Jerry Remy too. I just didn't like that. But overall, you know, baseball's back. I cannot complain. I love baseball, as I said. I keep saying it over and over again. That's how much I love it. Um, really exciting. Uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, 7-10, I believe the start is. Chris Sale makes his very first appearance in a Red Sox uniform in front of the Fenway faithful. It's going to be a cold one. Um, 
because it's a night game in April, so, you know, especially early April. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely tune in tomorrow night. That should be a great game. Not necessarily like a great game because it's a good matchup. It's just you get to see Chris Sale for the first time. And listen, it's no joke. There's some sort of curse on players who come to Boston for their first time and try to have success. I can. I was thinking about this. Now, granted, my, you know, Boston sports knowledge, my knowledge is is pretty deep into you know most eras. But as far as like who came when and if they succeeded, it's not very uh it, it only goes back to like the early 2000s anyways i thought of ray allen slat with the same year ray allen and kevin garnett my all-time favorite basketball player but anyways ray allen and kevin garnett came to boston and then they had immediate success they won a championship the next person i could think of was now listen randy moss did come and have a great time with the patriots but it wasn't you know, they didn't win the championship, and so he did dazzle his first year. So you meet half of Randy Moss, and the only other person I really, really thought of was, um, oh my God, how am I? Jarrell Revis. Jarrell Revis came in 2014, won a championship, and left the next year. But you know, I can. There's so many more people I can throw you that didn't work out immediately. Number one, right off the start, David Price did not pitch well last year. John Lackey, when he came here, did not pitch all that great. Took him a while to get used to it. Even David Ortiz, when he came here in 2003, didn't hit it off immediately. Um, Still had, you know, they were even going to cut him, I think I heard in a documentary. Uh, They weren't really high on him. You know, as far as Patriot players... You know, a lot of people come and go. Chad Ochocinco, big name free agent, comes in, does not play well, just can't handle the pressure of Boston well, for whatever reason. He doesn't like it. Um, you know, so there's, uh, there's just, you know, I'm listen, the Bruins, I'm trying to kind of draw a blank on the Bruins um, as far as like big free agencies that have come here and, and not performed well. I think, you know, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. Chara might be a guy that came here and, and had pretty much instant success. But, you know, the, the majority of people have to get used to it. Even Rick Porcillo wasn't great when he first came in, um, you know, when he first came here. And I'm not talking about rookies who just kind of come up through the system, like Mookie Betts, Dustin Bedroya. Those guys all came up in the system, or even players who draft, like Edelman and all that. You know, players that come here after already solidifying themselves as a, you know, good player. They have a tr- they have trouble adjusting to Boston, so it'll be see it'll be interesting to see if Chris Sale falls in the same um, you know trap as a lot of other people. I don't think he will, just because he's I don't know what the word is, but he's he's just a different kind of he's just a different beast entirely. I mean, he wanted to leave his the place that he was in. He wanted to leave Chicago so bad that he cut up uniforms and whatnot just to try to get the team to move him or whatever if that was his reason or not is unclear but i would think that's why he did it regardless he wanted he wanted to leave he made it well known and if he comes to a championship caliber team i think he's going to be locked in from the start and just wheel and deal straight through october that's what i think i think he's not going to have any just time maybe a game or two you know you might see him but listen i don't think he's going to be a david price or a lackey i mean 
My dad and I used to call him Slacky. You're just, ah, just John Slacky. He, you know, he's not good. So I definitely hope that it's not the same case with Chris Sale, but I have a strong feeling it won't be. So that's Red Sox news. It's pretty much it. Like I said, you know, season's just kicking up, so it's going to be a little while before we really can sink our teeth into the season. I hate how they play on opening day. Everyone gets excited, and then you wake up Tuesday, and it's no Red Sox baseball. That's got to be the worst feeling because there's just no, you know, there's just no uh, no real excitement. You know, you're, you're it's so short-lived. You're like, yeah, opening day, and then it's just like no more baseball. And then Wednesday, yeah. But tomorrow night's going to be a great night for baseball so tune in also i I, you know what i know i didn't move on to basketball i didn't say i probably should have unc beat gonzaga to win the national championship in college my bracket got busted i put it up on twitter um you know chowderheads uh twitter account actually chowderheads is on both twitter and instagram ch dot sports that's the handle um, so you can go find them on Twitter, go find us on Instagram. I posted a picture of my bracket at the start of March Madness. Um, and I had Oregon winning it all. Um, they got to the final four, you know, it was a bold pick. It wasn't great. Um, but I was pretty disappointed to see them lose by a point and get out, re- out rebounded like that at the end. But anyways, yes, congrats to UNC. You know, to be honest, I didn't watch much of the game. College hoops doesn't interest me a whole lot. But, you know, like I said, those kids, um, you know, they'll be in the NBA, some of them. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, you've seen uh, Carmelo Anthony, you know, he was a guy in college that won the national championship. He came up in and, uh, you know, took over the NBA. Kemba Walker was another guy who won a national championship and then came to the NBA and has been pretty decent. So there's a lot of guys who, you know, win national champ. Bill Russell, not that. You know, he's a little older than, than the other two guys I, I mentioned. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who come, who emerges from, you know, college. And I'll do a big thing for the draft, but that's a little while away. So, anyways, um, but, yeah, now, now professional uh, basketball. Celtics tomorrow night, Cavs, big game. Big, 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 enormous game for both Cleveland and Boston. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you do not want to lose this game. You don't want to go on the road, face the team that basically just over jumped, you know, just overtook you as the number one seed in the East. You don't want to go out there. Listen, you've had a lot of interim fighting. For those who don't know, they got completely obliterated by the Spurs. Then they lost to the Chicago Bulls. Then they go in a double overtime and barely beat the Indiana Pacers. And in that game, LeBron James is getting into fights with his teammates. And now you got to come to Boston. Well, they play the Magic tonight, but then you got to come to Boston on the you know second game of a back-to-back and play in a hostile environment and play the number one seed in the East. So they do not want to lose this game. They do not want to lose this game because you know what that does to your confidence? Shatters it completely. You know, I've said this, how a team enters the playoffs matters, and if a team enters the playoffs, losing, losing, barely winning in double overtime. You know, they should beat the Magic tonight, but then lose to, a you know, a, a playoff team. Listen, you don't want to do that. The, the Celtics also, it's a must-win game. So it's a must-win game for both teams, which is why it's going to be such an awesome game to watch. The Celtics need to win it to, A, prove to everybody else that, yes, they are a real contender. Yes, they can deal with Cleveland. 
and to also prove it to themselves. I think a lot of times, you know, guys can question, well, can we really beat LeBron? Last time only won by a couple points. Like, you know, can we beat him convincingly? And I think if they beat them convincingly, the Celtics got a chance to win the, you know, not win the NBA title, um, but definitely win the East, win the Eastern Conference. So it's a matchup caliber game. It's going to have a, um, it's a matchup caliber game. Uh, Jesus, it's a playoff caliber game. It's a great matchup. And I, I think that both teams are going to come at it with, you know, everything they have and then a little more. That's what makes this game, that's what makes this game of, you know, any game really. And when you've got two teams just gnawing at each other, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one in Boston. So you've got the Celtics to watch and you've got the Red Sox with Chris Sale to watch. Mwah! What a prime time Boston sports night, Wednesday night. Don't miss it, guys. Don't miss it. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. And for those who might not be in, you know, Massachusetts or in the, in the New England area, the Celtics game will be nationally televised. I think it's going to be on ESPN at 8 o'clock. So tune in if you want to watch some good basketball. It'll be the best basketball you watch all year, potentially. Um, moving on to hockey, I guess, putting the Celtics in the closet for a bit. Um, not much. They did get a good win. Uh, I think it was against the Islanders. I could totally be wrong. But, you know, like I, I keep saying this with the Bruins, and it's just, we'll see if they make the playoffs. I'll watch them. Um, they play tonight against Tampa, which, you know, they, oh, sorry, they beat the Panthers. And, oh, ooh, yeah, that's right. I didn't want to talk about this. I totally forgot. They beat the Panthers. That was good. But they beat the Blackhawks. Now, that was a game that made me turn my head a bit. Okay, the Blackhawks are a great team. The Celtics were able, I mean, Celtics. Bruins were able to score on them early and then eventually, you know, hold on to the lead. Uh, final score was 3-2. to two. And, you know, they did it on the road. They beat the Blackhawks on their home ice. And, you know, that was a game that I did, I did say, yeah, all right, maybe they have a chance of winning a playoff series. But let's be real, people. They're not winning the Cup. They're not making it out of the East. Or I forget how they spell it. I think it's the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, it's it's... They're a long way away. It's a work in progress, all right? So the Bruins, yes, I am excited to see them winning games. Yes, I will watch them tonight. If I had a pick between the if, – if, if, if Wednesday night, I could only watch say – the, say the Bruins are playing Wednesday. I don't think they are. I think they're playing tonight, and then they are playing on um, – yeah, they're playing tonight, and then they're playing on the 6th. So – they're not playing on Wednesday, but if they were playing on Wednesday, and I had to pick between Chris Sale's first start in Boston, the Celtics playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Boston Bruins playing anybody. It could be Montreal. Out of those three games, I'm only allowed to watch two. See a Bruins. Not even interested. Because they're just, they don't have me convinced that they can really make a run at it. So, you know, it's, it's a shame. You know, they had a really good run with Bruce Cassidy. They, then they lost like four in a row. And I know they're on a little win streak now, but this team's not really going anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see at least if they make the playoffs. And if they do, then I'll, then I'll look. All right, then I'll look. But right now, I'm staying skeptical of the Bruins. It's the Bruins, guys. 
they've let us down for the last few years. They always get close and then no. So I'm not going to sell out and just invest in them wholeheartedly. Obviously, I'll watch tonight, but, you know, um, I guess I'm just a hypocrite. I don't know. Um, you guys decide. Anyways, you know, this was just a quick little uh, chowderheads. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. And, you know, until next time, thank you guys for listening. And Chris Sale, don't be like David Price. That is all, guys. Thanks very much. Bye.